Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to What If You Just Imagine, the show that keeps your imagination and dreams soaring. He's a radio talk show host, author of the popular book, A Pocketful of Prayers, A Heartful of Hope, and a faith-based intuitive. For over 20 years, Mary has shared her intuitive, angelic guidance with clients from all over the world and from all walks of life. Mary's clients have called her the soul whisperer, as she has the gift to ignite passion and create results from hearing the voice within their soul. Mary's goal is simple, to make your life better than it was the day before. Mary is the founder of Global Healing Solutions. Welcome to another podcast of What If You Just Imagine. I'm so excited today to have a very special guest with me, Gail Patterson. And today we're talking about 2020 is your year to be more productive by learning how to manage your time. Gail is a time management expert and has coached many people on how to make the most of their time. Gail Patterson, the woman's visionary, is a native of New Jersey and currently lives in Clinton, New Jersey. With over 30 years of experience in both small businesses and large corporations, she is a certified empowerment coach and a corporate trainer. Gail has studied with and been mentored by Bob Proctor, Stacey Mayo, Cheryl Thompson, Mary Foley, T. Harv Ecker, Allie Brown, Fabian Fredrickson, and many, many others. Gail's coaching business is the wise woman's way, and the main focus of her envisioning work is with baby boomers, and also millennials now, as they face the challenges of life in general. Gail, I'm so happy to have you here with us to talk about managing our time in 2020 and to be more productive. Welcome. Say hello to everyone, Gail. Hi there, Mary, and hello, everybody, in the blog post they're listening. I'm delighted to be with you today. We've been friends for a very long time, and I'm uh, really pleased to be part of your uh, your podcast today. Thank you so much for the invitation. Well, I thought the the subject of learning how to manage our time as we're entering a new year was very important. And I know that you started this coaching on this aspect of time management quite a while ago, Gail. What was some of the catalysts for you to create this uh, program of time management? How did that begin? Was it something that you found that time was getting out of your control? Well, we all think we have all the time in the world, and we do. However, <laughs> we always find ourselves up against a deadline or not meeting a deadline uh, or feeling very stressed and pressured about time. Um, as you mentioned before, I've worked in many different places, done many different things uh, over my lifetime from uh, growing up in a, in a small family business where Everybody wore all the hats, uh, and you know everybody had to do whatever job needed to be done. To uh, working in a, a Fortune 100 company, uh, where I was one of just you know many many people in the organization, and uh, my my boss at that company uh, introduced me to using an actual planner and a system of writing things down in the calendar, writing things down in the planner. And I found it very useful because I had a million things I had to keep track of at that job. 
And basically everyone in the office used that method of an actual paper, this is quite a few years ago, actual paper calendar, paper uh, and pen and uh, envisioning what you wanted to do and setting your goals and, and all of that. And it was very useful and it was very helpful. And I think it helped us to get um, more of the million things we had to do done in a day and help us to feel um, greater accomplishment by the end of the day that we could check things off the list. There's something very satisfying about putting a check mark uh, on the list of something you got done. And, um, and when I left there and was then uh, working out on my own as a consultant, not within the uh, structured confines of the 8.30 to you know, 5 o'clock day, uh, the same schedule every day, getting up at the same time, getting to work on time and all of that, which I was very punctual and very good at doing. Uh, once I found myself out uh, having to manage my own schedule and not having a clock or uh, an office to answer to, it was quite different. It was quite different. Uh, when you're on your own and you think, oh, I've got the whole day ahead of me, I can just work all day from my computer in my pajamas and, and it's great. Uh, there can be a certain fallacy to that uh, because time seems to slip away. And that's what brought it to my, uh, my thought that maybe people could use some help, some coaching in the area of time management. And uh, you were involved in that project with me a while back when we were doing uh, the time, virtual time management. Um, and uh, I think we've got some, some good Good results from it. Um, you and several other people. We were, certainly did. Uh, we certainly did, Gail. We got some really good mm -hmm. results with it. And I know we talked about. Um, I mean, you you are so busy. I mean, you're married. You have two grown children, some a couple of dogs, and several cats. You also teach EL, ESL. You also are into network marketing. You are also uh, selling Legal Shield and Identity Shield plans. I mean, you got so much going on, and yet I've seen over the years how it seems to me you breeze through a day so easily and effortlessly with a clear focus. I know you have that a dynamic uh, list of tasks that you focus on, and you've learned, I, I think, in our teaching how to focus on high-value activities by what you have taught me, minimizing my interruptions, and most of the time it's myself that's interrupting me. Um, to stop <laughs> procrastination and to limit that multitasking. Let's look at that limit multitasking. You had said a while back that sometimes that is not such a good thing as women. We think it's best to do all these things at once. And you had made a comment that sometimes when we don't achieve it, we begin to feel bad about ourselves. Speak a little to, to that. That was the big watchword of the day uh, some years ago in the workplace, be able to multitask. And it's always been thought that women are uh, better at that, actually, than, than our male counterparts uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, I think we're brought up that way to have many things that need to be done and get them all done by the end of the day. Um, Sorry to say this to my, uh, any of my brothers who may be listening to the call. However, women have a, a richer connection between the two hemispheres of the brain. That's been scientifically proven. Uh, we are you know, more connected between the two sections of our brain. Uh, and that may be part of why we seem to be better at multitasking. We um, run a household, uh, remember everything the kids need done, uh, remember the grocery list. 
uh, we're also working and we remember the things we need to do and get the things for work done that we need to do. But at what cost to us? Uh, it requires a great deal of energy to keep all of those balls up in the air that we're juggling. And um, it's just reality check. It's just not always possible to get absolutely everything done on time completely. And if we are multitasking just too darn many things, we can feel badly at the end of the day or the end of the week. Certain things didn't get done. Oh, I should have gotten that done. Oh, I should have gotten the other thing done. And and we feel badly at the end of the week about it. So there is a certain fallacy to the idea that I'm a great multitasker and I can get it all done. Um, not always. And and it can it can cost us a lot as far as our self-esteem. If uh, we just can't quite be, you know, Wonder Woman, Superwoman all the time and, and get everything done. So we need to step back a little bit, take stock of what's the most important, what things could be put off for another time. Not that you're procrastinating, but you make the conscious choice. I'm not going to do this right now. I'm going to do the other. And, um, and, and make our own decisions about what we'll do with our time. And there comes a better idea of time management. I manage my time and do what's reasonable for me to get done. And you might have to ask some other people to do some things that you just can't handle at the moment and realize that there's nothing wrong with that. That's not a sign of weakness. It might be a sign of great intelligence on your part to do that. So I decided I like to try to help people. Yes, to, to, uh, I like that, that it's okay to ask for help, that it's not a weak, weakness. It's a sign of strength and being organized. Um, I know with media, and we spoke about this, uh, minimize my interruptions. How does one go about mm-hmm. that? If you have a home-based business, and a lot of us do, and yeah. we get up in the morning, and before we know it, I'm, I'm doing laundry, or I'm, I, I'll take 20 minutes, i got to run to the store. I'm always finding ways to kind of, in a way, interrupt myself and procrastinate. You mentioned about uh, before, just changing your schedule is not necessarily procrastinating, but there are a few of us out there that procrastinate and can kind of keep ourselves interrupted so we don't get things done that we wanted to, especially if we're working at home. Yeah, it, it's very easy. If you're in your home atmosphere, uh, there are different things tugging at you, like Quite literally, right this minute, I have the door shut on my little home office. There's a cat outside crying because she wants to come in and sit here in my lap. (laughs) And I could let myself be interrupted by that and open the door and let her come in here. But then I would be distracted from what is more important right this minute, uh, having this interesting and valuable conversation with you. So she'll just have to wait a little while. It won't kill her. She can wait a little while. Uh, But we do find things, the laundry. Uh, Oh, I need a quart of milk. Oh, this. Oh, that. Uh, things at our home are tugging at us to do. However, if we're going to be as productive as we want to be, uh, we need to try and look at our time of our work time at home as if it were the office. If I had to get up and drive to an office and sit at a desk in an office for, say, eight hours a day, I couldn't stop and throw a load of laundry in, and I couldn't stop and run to the market for some some milk. Uh, I couldn't let the cat come in and sit in my lap and, and, and that kind of thing. So we need to get, try to be a little more disciplined 
and block out the time and say, no, I'm shutting the door and I'm not going to do any other thing related to my household uh, right now because I'm not in my household. I'm in my office. I'm at my job. And that can be a little difficult, uh, especially if you have any kids or other people living at home with you because they'll come tapping at the door wanting this and wanting that. Uh, and, and you need to set some boundaries on that also. Um, but with a little thought and planning and, and discipline about it, uh, we can say, no, laundry gets done uh, after 5 o'clock or laundry gets done on Saturday or someone else can do the laundry actually. Uh, I don't necessarily have to do it. Um, we can make decisions like that and uh, free ourselves up to be productive at our chosen job that, that we have decided. Just because we're working from home doesn't mean we're not uh, working at an important job, uh, trying to get something that's important accomplished uh, and and just try to block the time out and say, no, from 9 to 12, I'm not doing anything else except working on my business. Then take a lunch break. Okay. Go out and have your, have your lunch and a cup of tea and, um, you know, pet the cat or whatever you want to do. But then when lunch break is over, just like it were an office, you go back and you dig in again and work at what you need to get done. Um, some of that requires some discipline, but we can do it. We, we definitely can do it uh, if we just look at our time. More and our discipline. I think we're more disciplined than we give ourselves credit for. Because at the end of the day, um, we really have gotten a lot of things done. And I think we're disciplined just by our, our, our nature of being women. Because we do get a lot of things done, a lot of things accomplished. But the key is, are we getting the things accomplished that are the most benefit to us? I think um, mm-hmm. mastering time management is the difference between being busy and being productive. And what separates those still tr- struggling from those who are living richer and fuller lives. And I think I know when I took your course, I began to really live a richer and fuller life because I was paying attention to what I needed to do to create streams of income, which being Mm -hmm. scattered and all over the place was not going to happen. You made a good point before, talking about the the 30-year-old, 30-somethings, you know, I think they are in also desperate need of being able to manage their time. You had mentioned a lot of them were raised in families that mom or dad took them here, took them there, and their time was always managed. Can you speak to us a little bit about helping that generation? Yeah, when I originally focused my coaching, I was thinking in terms of, you know, boomer women, uh, trying to juggle jobs and families and all. But now that I'm a bit older and I have millennial nieces and nephews, um, I'm looking at, at them and, and their, um, you know, their, their cohort of, of young people in that bracket. And I'm thinking, you know, they are having difficulty um, trying to fit into, say, the corporate world or if they're going to have the type of work that is not structured by an office and the hours of an office, um, they, they haven't learned, in my estimation anyway, the, the time management skills or the prioritizing of what is, you know, number one on your list and what things need to go to the bottom of the list to be done. Um, <clears throat> they have had 
other people managing their time for them, school managed their time for them, family managed their time for them. And then when they get out there on their own, uh, they don't necessarily have uh, a structure uh, that they grew up with enough to be able to uh, handle all of the things they have to handle as regular adults out there in the world. And it can be uh, pretty daunting and, and they can flounder. So uh, uh, a bit of coaching in terms of time management and a bit of the um, um, having to be uh, responsible to uh, and answering to someone about what you've done with your time uh, could be very helpful to them. And, and that's where a coach comes in because you have to answer for what did you do? You said you were going to do something. Did you get it done? And um, nobody likes to have to say, no, I didn't. You know, I, I messed up. Nobody wants to say that. So having a, a coach who will hold you accountable for what you said you were going to do can be a really helpful thing, not in a blaming, uh, you know, punishing type of way, but uh, just that you know you have to answer for yourself by the end of this week, what did I get done, or by next week when I talk to my coach. So there can be some value in that, and I think probably uh, the younger the younger generation, like I said, of my niece and nephew um, age bracket could uh, could probably use a little of that help to uh, to get them going. They might not need it forever, but that might be good to help get them kick-started on their, on their careers and um, just in general of living the life of an independent adult now. You're right. Anybody can really benefit from better time management for sure. And what, one of the things you had taught me was to truly to make the most of my time, I needed to understand what it was that I truly wanted in life, what was that goal, and to work towards it. And when I sat down and I thought, what is my pur- purpose? What am I driving towards? What am I looking to do? Whether it was anything, uh, lose weight, be creative, collaborate with other people, you know, just enjoy activities. What was that purpose that I needed to keep in mind? What was that goal? And when I sat down and I, and you and I sat down on one-to-one coaching, when I identified my ultimate goal, Gail, it was like I had something to run towards, something to accomplish, how to make that stream of income by doing something that I was my purpose, And it became very crystal clear in order to accomplish the goal, in order to realize what it is I wanted to do and to have clarity as power, I needed to manage my time. I would never get to where I needed to go if I didn't make the time to do it. Does that make sense? Yes. to you. Oh, yeah. You're reminding me of um, the Cheshire Cat in Alice in Wonderland. She met the Cheshire cat at one point. He was up in the tree. And, uh, well, which way should I go? She said. And he said, well, if you don't know where you're going, then any road will do. Uh, so if we don't make the conscious decision, I want to accomplish this thing, whatever it is, whether it's personal or business. Uh, and, and in my, in my estimation, I'm, I'm a tactile person. I, I like a pen and paper. I like to write things down. Other people prefer to use their, their phone or their computer or whatever works for you, but I just happen to be personally a, a person who likes the pen and paper. Um, but if you don't have your, your goal, your, your mission, your objective, 
there in front of you and, and something that will constantly remind you of it, whether they be sticky notes on your mirror in the bathroom or something that pops up on your phone that you have scheduled on your phone to pop up and remind you every day. Um, it's easy enough to get distracted, to go down the wrong path, but if you know where it is you want to go, as you said, Mary, you have your mission, your goal um, ever-present in, in your mind, you can say to yourself, uh, is this action that I'm taking right now taking me closer to or farther from my goal? And if you try to evaluate each thing that you're going to do, whether it be a phone call that needs to be made to a client or a prospective client or turning the computer off and reorganizing the top of your desk. I mean, which one of those things is going to help your business more? Which one of those things is going to get you closer to your goal? Um, and you really look critically at, at each step, each thing you're going to do, each action you're going to take, and uh, look at it in, in, a, in a more you know, kind of a cold light of day and uh, make the decision based on that. Uh, you'll find that you make the decision, oh, I'd better make that phone call to my client or, oh, I'd better write that email that I said I would do uh, rather than tidy up the desk. I did find it um, helpful. If, if we, anybody who has kids or anyone who may have managed other people in a, in a business, um, we are able to look at what someone else needs to do with quite good clarity and say, oh, you need to do X, Y, and Z or A, B, and C to get where you want to go. And you can help someone else uh, more easily perhaps than yourself. It's a little harder to be um, uh, very you know, critical of what we're doing when we can look at what someone else needs to do or what our kids or our spouse or a friend might need to do to accomplish something. We're full of brilliant ideas. But when it comes to ourselves, we tend perhaps to, to fall down on the job with that unless we have someone else that we answer to, which could be a, a good friend. You, you talk to your friend and say, well, I want to do this. I want to get here. I want to go there. And, and bounce it back and forth off of a friend uh, who might help you or engage the, the services of a coach who can help you distill what it is you need to do into certain steps and then help you stay on track with that because you know you're going to have to own up to it next week. Did I get what I said I was going to do done or didn't I? Uh, and you'll find that you can accomplish a lot more if you can hold yourself accountable for things or hold yourself accountable to someone else, uh, be it a friend, uh, a spouse, or a coach uh, who might be able to help you uh, stay on track and stay on the road you want to be on to get where you want to go. And it's so satisfying, so satisfying when you're able to Look at your list of things you were going to do. See all those check marks or things you crossed off um, and, and know that I am now this many steps closer to my ultimate goal of what I want or where I want to be. That's, that's so true. You know, one of the things you, you helped me with, and I kind of get back to that old story sometimes. I'm sure some of our listeners do also that self-sabotage talk, that self-limitations, and one of the big things I used to always say to you, but yeah, I did not have enough time to get this all done, and you would say to me, well, what is the right time to start? Well, what, what is the right time to start to manage your, your business, Mary, and your, your own personal life, uh, which you also do 
that type of coaching also. And we would have these very heart-to-heart, wonderful conversations. And it was like peeling the onion back. And it always came down for me, finding that new excuse when not having enough time (laughs) didn't work with you. I would be very creative and and try to think of a a new thing. And really what I was doing, I think, you know, was putting up a shield because I was afraid if I managed my time, if I did everything right, and I still didn't succeed, then I would have failed. So do you have Mm. other uh, folks that tend to kind of make these excuses because there's more of a, a, a story going on? that doesn't come to the surface right away? Well, we all have stories. We all have uh, stories from uh, our upbringing, our childhood, our early school days, whatever it might be, where uh, you, you, you were afraid to raise your hand in class to answer the question because if you said it wrong or got the wrong answer, all the other kids would laugh at you. Um, and then we tended to hold back and not answer, even though we, we knew the answer and we were right. Because then when someone else answered, well, that was my answer, but you didn't give it because you were afraid. What are we afraid of? Um, uh, we all have, we all have some of that baggage that we carry from, from early in our lives. Uh, if, if I try and I fail, uh, the whole world's going to laugh at me or people are going to think I'm stupid or incompetent, but if you never try anything, you're never going to accomplish anything. We can look to many different people who have made incredible uh, uh, contributions to the world, uh, and we always hear about their humongous success, you know, uh, Thomas Edison and the light bulb. But we don't necessarily study in depth how many times he failed to make a light bulb before he actually did, uh, how many times uh, people crashed and even were killed trying to fly an airplane. And finally, finally, uh, after many uh, failures, so-called failures, um, or let's say unsuccessful attempt, the Wright brothers did finally get one of those contraptions up into the air, and then, then the whole world changed, and you know, flight became possible. So we hear these great successes, but we don't necessarily dig further underneath all of that and see how many times they did not succeed but they kept trying. Um, you know, if, if we've raised children, I think of when my kids were little, little, little and learning to walk, uh, the number of times that they st- stood up and fell on their butt, stood up and fell on their face, uh, stood up and tried to take a step and crashed and burned. Well, if they gave up after the first time and said, well, forget this walking thing, I'm never going to do it, um, they would still be in a playpen now uh, instead of out there in the world living their lives. So we have to try to overcome, as could be more difficult in some cases, but we need to try to overcome uh, that fear of failing, that fear of someone laughing at us, or that if we do fail one time at something, it means our whole life is a failure? No, it doesn't. It just means that this one thing that you were trying to do didn't work out. It just didn't quite work out. So let's find a different way to do it, and then maybe it will work out. Um, uh, we have to be as kind toward ourselves in that regard as we would be toward a friend or a child uh, because we all have a child living inside of us. And, and if we are critical and um, uh, insulting towards that child in ourselves, oh, you're so stupid, oh, you never do anything right, oh, you'll never manage, you'll never make it, 
then we stop ourselves. But if we try to be a little more kind to ourselves, just like we would be to a friend or someone else, uh, and be more encouraging to our own selves, which can be tough, but we can try to do that, um, then we can accomplish a lot more and, and try to get over some of those old fears by uh, trying to remember, well, why is it that I, that I am afraid to do that? What happened that made me afraid to do that? And if you remember something that happened when you were in second grade or fourth grade, do you even know who any of those people are anymore? Have you ever seen any of those people anymore? What does it matter? It doesn't matter. That's what matters true. is yeah, now. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm sorry, but I, I'm telling you, even though we managed our time very well here, we have less than we have less than a minute, well, and we have several callers that we were not able to get on uh, to talk to. But how would uh, our my audience here, our listeners, contact you, Gail, to learn more about your coaching and time management? Um, my listeners had a taste of what your coaching is like in the last few minutes, which was absolutely fabulous. So how would one get in contact with you? Well, I'd be delighted, more than delighted, to uh, have an email conversation with someone. Um, my, my email address is gail at wise woman's way. Gail is spelled G-A-I-L at wise, W-I-S-E, woman's, W-O-M-A-N-S, way, W-A-Y. Dot com Gail at wisewomansway.com. I would certainly welcome um, some conversation with, with folks who might have listened in and be happy to continue that uh, down the road for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gail, for joining me today on learning how to be more productive in 2020. And I wish all my listeners a joyful, beautiful new year. It's the time to create the new you. Gail, thank you so much, and I hope that you'll join us again. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mayor. Happy New Year. Bye-bye.